This video is brought to you by Extra. Go to metkevin.com extra to learn more. Hey everyone, me Kevin here. We gotta talk about the two big elephants in the room, the catalysts that are hurting our markets right now. Now, we have good news and bad news. The bad news is a lot of stocks rotated down substantially this morning. Stock indices fell every, to the point where everything was down almost over 1.5%. Bond yields were down at the same time, signaling this flight to safety. And people are starting to talk about gold again. And you know when people are talking about gold, it usually is a sign that you got a lot of weenie baby pansy babies who are trying to sell out of their stock positions and go to something that just feels a little bit better. I know this because literally the same exact thing happened uh, back in March of 2020. Back in March of 2020, literally we had a rotation to people getting so tired of pain in the stock market that what did they do? They rotated over to gold and started commenting, that's it, I'm getting out of the stock market and rotating to gold. It's fine, it's fine. Now, this video is not to bag on gold. This video is to talk about the two big catalysts that we have creating fear, uncertainty, and down in markets right now. And we are beyond the level now of really discussing interest rates. Uh, we do know that we have quad witching day today, which increases volatility in the market, increases volume in the market, but volume and volatility are not necessarily associated with negative days. In fact, the vast majority of witching days that we've had, over 70% of witching days that we've had since the beginning of 2020 have ended up positive. So we have a greater chance of having a, a, a closing positive day on a witching day than, than you otherwise do. Uh, part of the reason why I bought the tip this morning. But anyway, uh, we, we do have two large catalysts that we do have to talk about. And again, they, they rise above and beyond uh, interest rates. Now, I've regularly been saying that I, I think we're mostly out of catalysts. I've said this the last few days, and now I know here I am talking about two catalysts again. And that's specifically because if we go back to the beginning of December, because I date my little notepads here, and we go back to the beginning of December, we're like, oh yeah, that's right. What were the catalysts we talked about? November 29th? Well, we know. Congress, uh, CPI, FOMC, profit-taking, loss-taking, uh, and Omicron, right? Now, fortunately, here we are now three weeks down the road, and we know that Omicron is one of the two catalysts, but we know that Omicron leads to more mild symptoms. And we also know that there's a chance Omicron could be the beginning of the end for COVID. So yeah, Omicron is without a doubt one of one of the concerns, but take a look at some of this, okay? This is just a quick little consolidation of, of some of the core facts that we have. We know that Omicron is up to four times more transmissible. We got that, we know that. Uh, and we also know that you have a 40 fold reduction in antibody effectiveness from the uh, alpha variant, we know that if you only have, uh, if you're only double vaccinated or you've had prior illness, you're really only 23-ish percent protected with antibodies. Instead, if you have a booster or recent illness, you could potentially be closer to 70 to 75 percent, uh, you know, protected from Omicron. Now, Omicron, fortunately, though, is, is leading to more mild symptoms, but it's creating a lot of fear. It's creating a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. The, the positive I see in all of this is you do have disease modelers like over at, ha uh, at, at Harvard suggesting that, look, Omicron is likely to displace Delta and that would be a good thing. Why could this potentially also be a good thing? Well, because the Bloomberg just reported this morning that South Africa is seeing hospital cases inflect down substantially. We actually started seeing this inflection point four days ago. I reported about that on this channel, that hospital cases were going down 
in uh, in South Africa. And this is why I've also been talking about this, this weird transition that we're going to see in COVID cases in America, where you're going to be in this situation where you're going to see Delta lead to hospitalizations and deaths spike at the same time as case counts spike. But we're going to see this taking over of Omicron the green being, let's say, Omicron, yellow being Delta. Uh, and that should lead hospitalizations and deaths to actually come down, even at the same time we're peaking. And, and right, this is going to be our opportunity, in my opinion, to buy recovery stocks, especially if Omicron does prove to be the beginning of the end, which who knows, maybe then there'll be another variant that's more severe. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's just Omicron. Hopefully it's just mild. Look, you don't want it. But if you get it, hopefully you don't get long COVID from it. But yeah, look, Omni, no matter what, no matter how many comments we get about it, it's just mild, 99.9% all the crap we get in the comments, it is still something that people are going to fear. Now, why are people fearing Omicron? Well, it has to do with the second catalyst, and that has to do with global GDP, gross domestic product growth. We have issues here. Uh, we've got many reports coming in that economists are now reducing their projections for global growth for not only the fourth quarter of 2021, uh, but also the year of 2022. This is a problem because if global growth shrinks, and let's say you have negative quarters in a row in countries like Germany and Brazil, which we're now projecting negative, uh, a negative fourth quarter for Germany and Brazil, and then maybe you get another negative quarter for Germany and Brazil, guess what? you get two negative quarters of GDP, essentially contraction in a row, you have a recession. So you could literally have this, this post-pandemic uh, recession essentially following uh, the, the recession that we had. The, I mean, it was, it was deep, but it was short, the short recession that we had uh, in March of 2020. And that's going to create and, and fan the flames, so to speak, growing the fire. Of, uh, of, of global growth concerns for America, for the United Kingdom, and, and really for, uh, for just countries throughout the world. Anytime you get GDP inflecting down, you get fears that GDP is going to continue to inflect down, and then you're going to get people with their creative, uncertain minds who are going to say things like, wait a minute, if GDP falls, what if we have to go back to stimulus? And if we go back to stimulus, is it possible that we're going to fan inflationary fears again, right? So you get all this FUD. And when I say FUD, I don't want to... Remember, FUD is different from fake news, right? FUD is real news, but it creates fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And people in markets hate uncertainty. Uh, that's something that's super, super important to know. Uh, but take a look at this. Some of this is actually normal because if we look at the San Francisco Fed, they put together this piece on how markets respond after wars and after pandemics. Oh, but first, a message from our sponsor. Getting into real estate is the best way to build your wealth, but getting into real estate requires having a great credit score and you gotta stay out of consumer debt. For those of you who are young or may have run into some trouble in the past, unfortunately, there are so few ways to actually raise your credit score other than getting your credit card, which oftentimes if you mess up on even just once ends up ruining your credit score even more, which hurts your ability to build wealth. And that's where fortunately, the extra debit card comes in. See, the extra debit card is unique in that it allows you to build your credit score without incurring debt, and it gives you 1% back in rewards. 
The best part about Extra is that it's super easy to use because it connects directly to the bank account that you already have. Here's how it works. You connect Extra to your existing bank account, make purchases like you would on a normal debit card, and boom, Extra spots you for the purchases, pays themselves back the next business day, and then reports the balances to the credit bureau. And now, guess what? You're building your credit while using the extra debit card, and they're taking care of helping you build your credit score for you. Learn more by going to metkevin.com extra. And what's really interesting is if you look at the response of real GDP after a pandemic, uh, look at that. We, we zoom in very closely here. Uh, the bottom one is, is wars. So after a war, you have devastation, so you get a longer-term GDP decline. In the longer term, you know, five plus years after a pandemic, you tend to get a substantial boon in GDP, but it, it stays flat and uncertain for quite a while. Uh, and, and that to me is a little bit of what we're seeing now is this continue. And these notes here, just ignore them. I wrote them quite a while ago. Uh, but uh, you also see wage growth after a pandemic. After a pandemic, the real natural interest rate, this was fascinating. Look at this. The real natural interest rate, which, which basically means it, it, you take what your interest rate should be and then subtract inflation, right? So the real natural interest rate uh, actually rotates up initially, but then you get this, this inflection down. And what you're looking for is, let me try to highlight this. What you're really looking for is the blue line right here inside the green. Let me circle it right here. And then if we go in a little bit more here to zoom in, look at that. You get the rate goes up. This is kind of like that inflationary impact that you have initially. And then you actually get this flattening and decline. And in the longer term, uh, over 10, 20, 30 years, I know this sounds wild to think like in that long scope. Oh, I almost just destroyed my desk. <laughs> uh, you, you actually tend to have this, this decline of somewhere between 1% to 2% in real natural interest rates over time because productivity's gone up. People have gotten, like things have gotten more efficient. Uh, the, the inefficiencies have been removed from, from society and manufacturing processes by, by, by force because of the supply chain issues or whatever. Now the, these, this research really goes back uh, I believe to about the 14th century. So we're really going pretty far back here. Uh, and, and I know, you know, oh, we all this time's different. But when you look at this sort of research, it's like, okay, like this is basically to say that in all of these charts here, no matter what, after a pandemic, things tend to do well over time, but you're going to go through a bumpy start. So wages expected to go up over the next decade. Uh, inflation expected to go down over the next decade. Real GDP expected to go up over the next decade and decades. Uh, this makes sense. Again, things have become a lot more efficient. But in the short term, we can't look at a, these charts that give us this zero to 10 year outlook and then 10 to 40 year outlook uh, because right now we care about, oh my gosh, my AMC stock is going to the moon right now, Kevin. That's all I want to talk about is AMC going to the moon right now. And this is great. Don't get me wrong, like AMC's going up 20%, this is great. Uh, and you've got, you've got a lot of volatility that you had today. Rivian, Lucid uh, falling substantially, and a lot of tech stocks starting the day out very red, only to recover substantially. I mean, look at this. ARK uh, this morning was at 89. Now it's at 96.60. You bought the dip this morning, you're up uh, 8% on, on, on ARK from the bottom, right? But what is happening, and these are the two big catalysts, is you have Omicron creating 
continued fear that global GDP is going to decline in 22. In fact, if we look at an average of uh, global GDP estimates right now, we are expecting that global GDP uh, will actually only grow 0.7% in Q4, that's right now. Uh, that is down from 1.4% in the prior quarter. That's half, half of the growth. I mean, that's not good, that's not progress, right? And uh, this is lower than the 1% of GDP growth that we had before the pandemic. Again, you have contractions in Germany and Brazil. You have less than 1% growth in Mexico, South Africa, South Korea, Italy, France, and the United Kingdom. The United States is still strong for now, but we're going to see a slowing of GDP even in the United States. Uh, the uh, Federal Reserve sees GDP slowing from their projection of 5.5% in 2021, which you could see right here. Uh, to 4%. They did revise up their projections of GDP growth. And so this is good. The bond market is also indicating that there's going to be a limit to how high interest rates are going to be able to go. In fact, go back to that summary of economic projections for a moment. See this over here under the 2023 chart. See that 1.6%. The Federal Reserve thinks by the end of 2023, we're going to get to 1.6%. Well, according to the Financial Times, Fed funds futures traders right now believe that by the end of 2023, we're only going to get to 1.27%. This is less than where we were when we were uh, on, on Fed Reserve Day at 1.33. But in both cases, the bond market is saying, yeah, no, 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 we're, we're not going to be able to raise rates that much. Part of that is because of the fear that rates going up too fast is going to slow the economy too much and we're going to have to reintroduce stimulus measures, just like Japan is doing, and to some degree like the ECB is doing, the European Central Bank. So bottom line out of all of this is you got to know a few things. The first thing, so multiple bottom lines, the first thing that you got to know is all of the bears come out when there's FUD. I shouldn't really say bears equal FUD. I should say FUD leads to bears. There we go, okay. FUD creates bears. So when you're talking to other people who tell you things like, oh my gosh, you're catching a falling knife, or oh my gosh, Tesla's going to 200, or, uh, oh, you know, this is the beginning of the end, welcome to a bear market, you know, all these stupid comments from, from uneducated folks that we get uh, all the time. Uh, it, it, it's important to, to place uh, a, a chance on what they're saying. This is not me saying that we cannot have a very bad bear, bear market, but what are the odds, right? And so this is, I think, the easiest way to evaluate. Look at this. What are the odds of a 5% S&P decline, a 10% S&P decline, a 20% S&P decline, and a uh, similar to pandemic 33% S&P decline? What are the odds of this? Uh, and so when you hear the bears and you see the red and you feel the FUD, it's like, oh my gosh, I just, I just gotta sell, I gotta get out, I gotta go get my gold. Or you could use some logic and try to assign odds to this. 5% uh, decline in the S&P, quite likely. We, we, I, I would say this, this has easily a 50% chance of happening. A 10% decline in the S&P, my guess, somewhere around 20% chance of happening. Could happen, absolutely. But remember folks, there's so much money floating around in the system. Remember how much 
Uh, the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell tells us that household leverage is actually at historically low levels. Business defaults are at historically low levels. That means there's still capacity for borrowing. We also know that, yeah, margin levels are high, but all levels and levels of everything are high, right? Yeah, yeah, valuations are still elevated, but the amount of money we've created is insane. So this money is floating around somewhere. Uh, we know that reverse repos are at all-time highs, but remember, that's excess cash that banks have. They want to lend it out. So they want to give people money to go invest. So anyway, uh, for, in my opinion, the odds of us getting a repeat of the end of 2018, probably closer to like a 10% chance that we're going to see a 20% sell-off in the S&P. And then to see something like a 33% sell-off, I think we'd really need a severe variant, a severe black swan event. Uh, I, would, I would say this has less than probably a 3% chance of occurring. So this is where, in my opinion, if I think there's a 50% chance that we're going to see a 5% uh, decline in the S&P 500 and a 50% chance that we won't, to me, it's like, whatever, I, I'm going to take advantage of buying the dip on, on my favorite companies. Uh, money losing companies are going to get hit the worst. We've been talking about that for six months, uh, six weeks here. We know that software companies are getting hit the worst. Uh, valuation compression is hitting those hard. But I'll tell you, there is a silver lining in software valuation that's going down because what I want you to do is I want you to look at a company like DocuSign. DocuSign shows you the best example of valuation compression. So valuation compression takes you from a 285 share price to uh, about a 130, 140. And over the last two weeks, we've had a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But take a look at what DocuSign has done. It's hit a floor. And I, I think that's very interesting. DocuSign has hit a floor and it's not exceeding, even though fear it, to some degree seems like it was worse this morning. The floor is not getting worse. Look at Lemonade. Uh, so the 140 floor at DocuSign is not getting worse. The, the $40 floor at Lemonade is not getting worse. And the SoFi floor is pretty solid at, at 14, though we did hit 1366 briefly this morning. So I don't know that we could say it's definitely hit a floor here yet, but it's, it's finding its floor here. Even though the FUD keeps getting worse and worse, we're, some of these stocks are finding their floors. And that's a good sign that some of that software compression, software valuation compression is coming to an end. Uh, Elon Musk, I think, is probably done selling for about a month, given some uh, share blackout periods that Tesla has, uh, which is, I think, bullish for something like Tesla. And we've seen a lot of the deep red that we saw this morning turn, turn to pretty nice greens. Uh, so, okay, the first thing, again, in terms of bottom lines, is we got to understand the bear FUD and the odds of, of real pain. It's always possible, sure, beginning of the Great Reset, all this garbage, whatever. But personally, I believe those are low odds, okay? That's just me. I, I could be wrong. What do I know? I don't have a crystal ball. I really got to buy a crystal ball so I can say I have one. Uh, the second thing is you have, uh, you, you have to recognize the catalyst that we have. Omicron uh, is going to create a lot of FUD, but in my opinion, is going to actually help us lead to hospitalizations and deaths going down even as millions of people potentially get Omicron uh, over the next um, month. Now, I think the end, of, the end of December and much of January is going to be pretty nasty. And that's why I'm staying away from Rico's uh, recovery stocks it, uh, until we get to sort of that peak level of, of FUD uh, with, with recovery stocks, which I think we still have a way to go on those. I could be wrong, I'm, but I'm also not like dying to get into recovery stocks. I'd rather buy some of the uh, tech companies that are at a discount. Uh, remember, 
you know what the market always usually comes back to, especially if we have a slower GDP environment? And this is the next thing to know, right? The next catalyst is really that slower GDP growth. You know what happens when fear goes away? So if fear gets eliminated and you want more growth, so you're fighting a slower GDP or potentially even deflationary concerns, you know what does well during those times, folks? Uh, it is Tina. There is no alternative. And Tina generally relates to growth stocks, to the mega caps, to uh, tech stocks. So Tina always seems to come back. And, and it's times of pain that you wanna be building your position in, in growth stocks, not in times of euphoria, because you wanna be able to get that discount. Otherwise, you're, you're gonna end up following the herd and, and then you, you give up a lot of the potential returns that you could be getting buying the dip, buying low. So if I look at the stock market right now, look, yeah, a lot of things doing really well right now. I mean, AMC up 20% is amazing. But look at some of the relative prices that we have here. Yeah, DraftKings up 7%, but look how far down this thing is. I mean, DraftKings, you're selling on DraftKings, you're selling for May of 2020 levels over here. You got some massive freaking fear over here. Uh, I mean, Tesla is down, what, 25% from some of its, some of its highs over here? What, 950 is the new number divided by 1243. Yeah, you're down 24% from its peak. Look at Roku. Roku's had a big reset. Loaded the boat on this one at, uh, at, at uh, right around 198 to 201. As always, every time I buy or sell something, I send alerts to those of you in the Stocks and Psychology of Money group, uh, which of course you could take advantage of with that uh, uh, coupon code for Xmas linked down below. But uh, yeah, I mean, even SoFi is still at a relatively good price, uh, sitting just around that 1470 number it keeps rubber banding back to. Enphase bought this this morning in the dip at 180. It's sitting at 190 now, but beautiful, beautiful valuation reset here. And I think it's valuation resets like this that are going to really help us rotate to new highs. I even bought uh, uh, Bitcoin at, at peak fear this morning. Bitcoin, ADA, Solana, uh, you know, I don't mind picking up cryptos during periods of peak FUD. It doesn't matter. I love investing when there's FUD. And you want to become that honey badger. And that's like, peak fear? Let's go. Give me the fallen knife. You know what? I keep knives around with poison tips on purpose to catch them. Just feel it. Hold it. Because then after the pain, I'll take it and I'll show off my tendies to everyone. Because I can clean, you know, I can cut my tendies really nicely. Anyway, these are some of my thoughts uh, on uh, El Market and uh, be a honey badger. Place some odds on uh, your FUD before you freak out. And uh, yeah, let me know what you thought about this one take rant. All right, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Bye.